Welcome back. I haven't done one of these like pivotal interview segments, and I hate the word interview because I'm a terrible interviewer, but essentially I'm trying to bring on some of my network that is doing really great things, has really unique thought leadership, and can bring a different perspective to a lot of the topics that I talk about. But in a little bit different way, because you guys hear my ideas all the time. So my guest on this video is Diana Morgan, and she is the head of scientific and regulatory affairs at Care Of. She's also a board member of the Council of Responsible Nutrition. Before that, she was at Pfizer. She was also at the Vitamin Shop and a few other places, but I will let Diana kind of fill you a little bit in on her bio. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much, Josh, for having me on the podcast. Huge fan. And, um, you know, I feel like um, since I'm wearing a hat today and I'm on your podcast, I'm <laughs> obligated to turn it backwards. So <laughs> let me just get that out of the way before we can start. I appreciate that. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So, um, as Josh mentioned, I am the head of scientific and regulatory affairs for Care Of. And Care Of, for some of you that are not familiar, is a uh, personalized nutrition company that is e-commerce. And uh, the premise of our business model is that uh, we give you an online quiz and we ask you questions about your diet, your lifestyle, and your health goals. And then based off of your responses to those answers, we do our science in the background and then we provide recommendations for you. Um, and that all of your products come in a convenient little pack for um, 30 days and just makes it super easy for you to take it with you if you're traveling, put it in your gym bag and just really enhance compliance of uh, taking your products. Um, a little bit of background about myself. I've been in the supplement industry for over 15 years now. Love the supplement industry. Um, you know, as Josh mentioned, I spent some time at Pfizer Consumer Healthcare supporting their dietary supplement division with brands such as Emergency and then also uh, spent some time at Vitamin Shop headquarters and Solgar Vitamin and Herb and Nature's Bounty. And, uh, you know, my experience with the industry is it all took me back to my first Expo West when I was working for a startup and going for my bachelor's in nutrition, just the energy and the passion of everyone at that trade show just really made me feel at home and, you know, made me just fall in love with the industry. I feel like that's an interesting intro. I guess that's the Ying to the yang of where the rest of the industry kind of starts because normally they get their first introduction to like the Arnold Classic or the Olympia. Yeah, and it was really interesting though because you know I was going for my bachelor's and we had a booth right next to Redline. And as you know, Expo West is the craziest trade show. Um, I drank a full bottle of Redline, didn't realize that you're only supposed to drink a half. And uh, on top of almost dying off of it by having a panic attack, um, you know, I'm just small and just metabolize caffeine really quickly. Um, I still love the industry and um, you know knew that was my home. Yeah, I think everybody has had at least one or two of those um, examples where you take a little bit too much caffeine or maybe you don't read the label exactly and you have a, I don't want to call it like an adverse effect, but at least uh, an effect in your body that you're like, whoa, what the heck did I, did I just take? And, uh, but I feel like that also is like your badge of honor you know, a lot of times when you're coming into the space because you do sometimes take a little bit too much of, of something and I guess to flip this back into more of care of and maybe 
making sure that consumers don't do that is that I think a lot of times the consumers that are coming into the supplement space, they know what their goal or their intent is, but they don't necessarily know how to walk it back to their individual daily actions. They just know, I want to you know, maybe lose weight or I want to maybe help my high blood pressure or something like that. And they don't know how to fill in all the rest of the, of the gaps. And talk a little bit about like care of and how they at least are solving a little bit of that, the convenience aspect or trying to help people through technology and, and through some of the stuff that I'm sure that you do that helps people get to the right answers with their supplement use. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it, it hits the nail right in the head. Um, so we actually ask questions that are, are thoughtful questions. So all of our questions have a purpose. And we're really trying to, based off of those questions that we ask, draw out answers that the consumer wouldn't automatically think of. So for example, um, with stress, some people, uh, when they get super stressed out, they can get really, really tired after a stressful day, or the opposite, when people get stressed out, they can get super wired. Um, so that's kind of how I am. I like, I actually really like stress, and it energizes me. And you know, I'm one of those people that just get hyped up at, you know, after a stressful day. Um, so dependent upon your answer to that question, you could either um, get, you know, some an herb that might be a more calming uh, to your stress, uh, such as like an ashwagandha, where it's actually lowering uh, your cortisol levels and giving you a more, um, you know. Uh, relaxing response to stress. Or, uh, you know, if you're someone that um, gets a little bit more um, hyped up, um, you know, we have a lot of different other options uh, to manage your stress that way. Uh, You know, additionally, if someone like me is uh, sensitive to caffeine, we're going to ask you those type of questions to ensure we're not giving you products that will stimulate your central nervous system. If you if you respond to a question like, Um, you need energy. So there's a a ton of different products that can provide that energy boost without uh, stimulating the central nervous system and giving you that jittery feeling. Kara got started mostly around like vitamin packs, but now you guys have shifted into more broad um, categories. I think with, I see some powders with proteins, electrolytes, different things like that. Are those also something that gets added into that personalized nutrition? Are each individual powder a little bit adjusted or are those usually some like core assets that you guys add in and they aren't necessarily something that maybe has different levels of sweetener or, you know, things like that that could be like personalized a couple of layers down? So, uh, great question. And those are more core products. Um, that said, we do have a few different options, which, um, you know, your responses to the quiz will then spit out those options. So, for example, we have uh, a bunch of different protein powders. We have uh, whey protein isolate, but then we also have um, a plant protein for uh, consumers that are vegan or vegetarian or just simply don't like how uh, their body responds to whey. Because, as you know, um, um, just being in the industry, whey, you know, can just have unpleasant digestive um, effects on the body. And, you know, with a, a plant protein, you may not get that type of uh, reaction. So, you know, it re- it's really dependent upon um, your diet, your lifestyle, and then also, um, you know, 
individuals that, you know, are, um, you know, maybe a little bit deficient in certain nutrients because they're on a vegetarian diet, that will also play into the responses and, and the products that we offer. Uh, additionally, on top of the, uh, the protein powders and the more sports nutrition products that we offer. We, uh, in March, actually just launched a new platform, uh, our skin and hair collection. So it's like a beauty from within. We have collagen powders. Uh, we then also have a vegetarian collagen pill that's, um, you know, for individuals that want the benefits of collagen, but are a vegetarian or vegan. Um, and then we also have some other options for skin and hair, uh, such as keratin and um, even a really interesting herb that is not super mainstream yet, but I have a feeling in the next few years, we will start seeing a lot more on it. It's called Shadavari, and it's a traditional Ayurvedic herb um, that actually um, helps support women's hormone levels. So it really helps to balance those women's hormone levels. It is an adaptogen, and uh, we love our adaptogens at Care Of because they really help the body adapt to, uh, to stress, but also uh, help normalize levels in the body. So I think you guys will probably start seeing more buzz around Shadavari, and it just benefits on women's health in general. I think you're seeing a lot more, I think Nutri Cosmetics, I guess, is the terminology that a lot of people throw around with like the beauty from within in terms of using the, I guess, nutraceutical ingredients for hair, skin, nails, and variety of other things. And I agree. I mean, that's been a trend that seems to just continuously get um, bigger. And you're seeing retail support. You're seeing just a ton of influencers or other kind of demand drivers that are out there that are talking more about these products. And I totally agree with you. I think these are going to be something huge. Do want to talk about a little bit different, um, I don't want to say levels, but different types of personalized nutrition companies. Um, I know that you guys are more of like the survey based. So that would be like lifestyle or like diet, or you guys are trying to extract information from that survey. But then there's other personalized nutrition where they're working with biomarkers, they're working with, I think, um, microbiome or uh, genetic testing. Um, are those things that you guys are looking to eventually add in? I know those become more and more costly, but I guess maybe just describe if you, you kind of can give a little bit of understanding for people that maybe they have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, so uh, just a little bit of a background for your audience. So some of the um, the other companies that are using those type of tests, which I think are uh, phenomenal, some will study, um, you know, like stool samples and then determine what type of, um, you know, probiotic or other digestive support products you might need based off of uh, those results. And, you know, at the current time, it's not something that I think we would be playing in uh, that's, you know, maybe in the future. What's interesting, what I do really like about that, um, there was a recent uh, study, as you, you might have uh, heard of the PREDICT trial, they just um, released some of the results. And the PREDICT trial, uh, it had, I believe, like 1,100 participants from the US and the UK, and 60% of those were twins. And in the trial, they identified that twins shared 37% of the same uh, microbiota and complete strangers shared 35% of the um, microbiota. So that just shows that even identical twins have 
vastly different uh, microbiome. And it's really important to uh, understand what your uh, specific needs are and how they really differ to get products that that might be beneficial for you. So I think that's going to be a huge area. It's very emerging right now. But I, I would say, you know, if we're thinking about the future in like the next five years, we're probably going to be seeing that a lot more. And you mentioned around some of the questions you use an example around stress. And I think that's important with what everybody's dealing with with COVID-19. How does that change? I think you guys have a little bit of a recycle in terms of asking questions to the consumers after that initial first purchase. So if somebody purchased something in maybe January of this year, everything was good, the economy was going good. And then all of a sudden they get to their maybe March or April timeframe when they're looking to get their subscription again. And maybe a lot of those factors changed in their life. They maybe they don't have a job anymore. Maybe they were hanging on and they were trying to make it work. How does that kind of adjust uh, with care of in terms of that subscription or that vitamin pack? That is an awesome question. So um, on top of the, you know, the initial survey, we have a really great uh, consumer experience department and they'll frequently follow up with our customers either via text, via email. Uh, you know, a lot of times consumers don't realize all the different things that are happening in their life and they want to encourage you to retake the quiz because based off of just like you said where you are in your your life or if you've recently had a baby that you know can also impact your um your nutrition requirements so it's it's really in, encouraging to have that feedback loop with our customers so on top of us texting the customers when you get your um when you get your um products for the month you'll also um get uh, like a pamphlet that has everything that's in your pack. Uh, on top of that, we do send emails that uh, encourage you to adjust your pack at any time. So even if you don't want to retake the quiz, you can um, adjust your pack th right through our app. And what I really like about the app is you can get daily reminders. So I could uh, really just show you really quick. So I go into the Care of app and you can kind of see it right here. I just go into the app and then directly from the app, I can note that I am tracking my vitamins. So, and here's everything in my pack. I tap that I took my vitamins and then I get something called Care of Carrots. And then the Care of Carrots can be redeemed for merch, for uh, free, free product, for even as high as a Peloton bike when you get carrot enough carrots. So it encourages compliance and uh, I think compliance is the hardest thing for customers when they're starting uh, a healthy habit. And, you know, there is some old information that it takes 21 days to um, actually have a healthy habit. That's very old. That's from the early 1900s, I should say. And it's now been established that it takes almost two and a half months mm -hmm. to establish a healthy habit. I believe it's 66 days. So, um, you know, you could have the best supplement in the world, but if you don't take it consistently, you're not going to get the great results. And I stress that all the time. You need to be consistent. You need to be consistent with everything in your life, whether it's um, eating healthy, whether it's going to the gym, whether it's going to sleep on time. You know, all these things really play into your health. And, you know, supplements are just just one key piece. And, you know, I, I really just, um, you know, want to stress that holistic lifestyle. Yeah, I totally agree in terms of the consistency it takes to make 
like long-term changes is I would say understated too much. Like people always are looking for these kind of crazy quick fix or hacks or whatever it is. And what I like around what you mentioned with the care of app though, is that it does build in a little bit of that where buying it. So people still get to have that like instant gratification, little like hack where like they know here's a, you know, push notification. Oh, I need to take it. Okay. Let's, you know, you're trying to help that process a little bit more than just letting people just naturally, hopefully create good lifestyle changes and, and do those things. You're kind of helping them and also rewarding them. Um, I know if I had a chance to get a Peloton bike by just taking my vitamins, I'd probably take my vitamins more than, you know, than just, uh, something else. It's kind of going back to when you're a child and you don't want your mom to be upset. Um, so you take your vitamins. It's like, but now we're just giving away Peloton bikes instead. Right. <laughs> Since we were kind of mentioning around just lifestyle and just how things kind of change over time, I wanted to get your kind of thoughts around a little bit around the future of personalized nutrition. I mean, we talked about some, some of those different kind of levels. I always call them levels. I don't know what you know, they're technically called in your world, but there's a lot of these things going on where uh, to get to the true futuristic version of personalized nutrition, there has to be like a constant amount of data that's coming in and out where you're trying to figure out, you know, is that little things like smog levels changing or your individual day was more stressful than the day before, or you, um, you consumed a peach that was less, had less vitamins than peach you had three weeks ago, you know, little things like that, where then it becomes super personalized. And then you also, you, know, you get into all these like crazy thoughts of like, how do you get all of that information? Is it wearables? Is it, I mean, how much do you guys think about that to that level? Is this something that you guys just have these like crazy uh, sessions where you grab a bunch of uh, maybe beers and some food and you guys just jam about um, the future? Or is this something that maybe just goes on in my head for no reason? No, uh, you're you're right. Uh, so we have an amazing team at Care of that is really thoughtful about every single aspect of the products that we provide. So one thing that I actually didn't mention early on we have another app called Care of Routines, and it's um, it's a little bit separate from your vitamin pack. But as we were talking about healthy routines and healthy habits, this also helps get additional data on uh, your lifestyle. So the Care of Routines app, which is also free, um, you can select the different types of uh, or the categories of your your life that you want to work on. So, for example, if you if you want more energy, um, if you are looking to uh, enhance relationships, if you're looking for better sleep, things like that. And then so you can pick the different categories that you want to fulfill. And then we'll provide different options to help support those categories. So I'll give you an example. Say I selected energy and relationships. Different um, routines I could select would be um, cold shower in the morning, uh, early morning run. Um, and then for relationships, uh, pet, uh, pet a dog or have family time. And then I, I would put all of these different activities on my, uh, my to-do list for the day. And every time I do one of the activities, I would check it off. So say I had five things. So say uh, woke up early, uh, went to the gym, uh, took a cold shower, had family time, petted a dog. 
And then I check all those things off and then I would record my energy levels for the day. I would record my levels of uh, fulfillment and based off of um, my um, activities when I did those and my responses to those questions, you could see over time the days that I did not work out or I didn't have family time, I might have had a, a lower dip in energy or I've had a, a lower dip in just overall, um, you know, feelings of love. So I think tracking is so important. Uh, you know, I have my Fitbit. It's really important to get data because if you're not tracking, you, it's really hard to, to know what's going on in your life, whether if you're tracking how much you ate, you ate in a day, um, you know, not everybody does that and it's not necessary to do that but i think it is good to do it from time to time so you can kind of reset and see where you are with some of those questions you mentioned could be something that is more like qualitatively answered like how do you how do you feel that did you feel love that day like i mean some i think some of that recorded information is great but also is there a way to get maybe some of that more quantitative data from you know activity levels where yeah I, yes, no, I worked out. That's an easy question to answer. But what was my intensity of workout would be harder to answer if I didn't know maybe my activity tracker on my Apple watch or something like that. Is that things that you guys are also you know, thinking about in terms of integrating it and just trying to get better information in so you can get better information out? Yeah, totally. So I, I completely agree. What you, what you put in is really what you get out and having tracking you know, whether it's uh, food or your heart rate is really important to get that overall picture, right? Like you go to the doctor, you get blood work. Um, that is just one key metric. But then, you know, wearables are, are I think, just really underrated right now. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people kind of use them, but not fully use them. So, you know, I think it is something that we're going to be seeing a lot more of the personalized nutrition companies playing into wearables. And, you know, as I mentioned before, it's not all about your diet, you know, your diet is one piece and, you know, diet is a huge aspect of it. But then there's also um, activity, sleep, sleep is another key piece that, uh, you know, a lot of the wearables can track your sleep levels. There's also a bunch of apps that can also track how well you slept, how long you were in REM sleep, I would say sleep, diet, um, exercise, but then also, um, your just emotional and your relationships are the key pillars to really having, um, that great life. Um, so as far as sleep is concerned, we do ask different questions around sleep in our quiz. Uh, it is something that, um, in the care of routines app, we do ask questions around uh, quality of sleep and that can be integrated into different types of, um, wearables or, or even different types of apps. So um, I would say that's that's probably coming in the future. Before we shift into some of the networking uh, things that you're doing, I do want to just ask a, a question around what's the ultimate goal for personalized nutrition? Is it to hopefully, I don't want to say eradicate, but like minimize nutrition-based diseases? Is it something even bigger than that? Uh, I mean, in your mind, like, what are you guys working towards and what's the, the broader or greater industry of personalized nutrition and personalized food and, and medicine? What is that ultimate goal? I think the ultimate goal is to provide products that 
give consumers the best results possible. And to get the best results, it's really important to take the best products consistently that are, are for your lifestyle, for your uh, specific dietary needs. So right now, uh, the last I think the last study I read showed that about 36% of Americans are on some sort of specialized diet, whether it's vegan, keto, paleo, and all of these things are impacting the types of nutrients that we need, right? So if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you might be deficient in uh, certain nutrients, uh, some iron, protein. There's, there's a lot of different nutrients that can affect, um, you know, vegan diet. And then, you know, also um, on top of those type of specialized diets, there, you know, there's a lot of different genetic conditions that customers might not realize. So, you know, the biggest one that I could think of are the, the SNPs, the single nucleotide polymorphisms, which you probably have heard of. Um, you know, this was like the whole nutrigenomics um, category back in like the early 2000s. And I think, you know, at that time when it came out, um, it was still very early on and maybe a little too early for its time. But now we're really seeing companies uh, embrace nutrigenomics. So uh, I think with like the methylfolate and uh, the methylcobalamin and, you know, those type of reduced nutrients are really important for people with these with these SNPs that can't metabolize normal nutrients. And I think the mainstream consumer might not uh, necessarily know about these different types of um, genetic ab abnormalities in metabolism. So this is a, a piece where education from the uh, the dietary supplement brands is super important to make sure customers are actually getting what they need and they're not just taking a product and it's, you know, they're not metabolizing it so it's not even doing anything. Uh, I have been seeing with a lot of OBGYNs that they're automatically giving uh, customers the reduced form of folate because so many pregnant women um, as you know, um, folate is super important for pregnancy, but so many pregnant women are just taking normal uh, folic acid and might have this SNP and are not getting the adequate nutrition and the, the most important nutrient for uh, baby's neural tube development. Well, I know I could probably talk about personalized nutrition all day. It's one of these passion um, areas that I tend to nerd out about, even though I am on record of saying I am not anywhere close to uh, somebody that knows science. I just... I uh, think this is where everything goes in the spaces that I spend most of my time with the functional CPG categories. It might not be today and it might not be 2025 or you know, maybe even 2030, but in my career, I know this is going to be where everything goes. So I tend to spend a good amount of time just kind of learning some things here and there. And I appreciate all the information you shared with me, Diana, as well. But, but I wanted to shift this into some networking since we talked about that at the beginning of this episode, just that both of us, I think, caught the bug of this industry because of, of events. Events are no longer something, at least physically, that happen in the big form right now. But you just started a local, and I think it's going to move into regional, and you kind of have some bigger ambitions of it, um, a networking event that you just held. How did that go, I guess, overall? Because I know there's still a lot of people that are being cautious of going out. And then, you know, for me, I, I miss the, the networking events overall. Um, I went to the uh, APA uh, Council's um, Sports Nutrition Conference the other day, um, virtual. And for me, it just, 
misses the mark. I mean, it was great. Um, I think for me, because I do so much content online and I'm always on social media interacting, for me, that's the day-to-day occurrence, what's happening now with like these digital or virtual conferences. That's just my daily life already. So I understand if people don't do that on a day-to-day basis, they're like, this is cool. This is a great substitution. But with the physical in-person event, what was like the temperature in the room? Like, were people super excited? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, And let me just um, tell everyone a little bit about it um, for some of you that might not be familiar. So it was the first uh, What's Up with Sups uh, networking event, and it was held in uh, northern New Jersey. And it, it was a huge success. It was an outdoor socially distanced event and uh, we took all the necessary precautions to ensure everyone's health and safety. We capped the event at a 50 person max and, you know, masks were worn. I took temperatures at the door and it it was really nice. So you asked about the temperature um, of the event. I could tell you this. It was the best feeling just having people walk in the door and then hearing people scream from the other side, oh my God, I can't believe you're here. It, you know, was so nice, uh, you know, either just hearing people talking to each other or people telling me that it's nice to see people in person and this is needed for the industry. You know, um, you know, those that love the industry love it for, um, you know, a bunch of different reasons for the awesome products and the great benefits we can provide to consumers, but also for just the presence of those that love the industry. Um, so it was, you know, it was really great to get everyone together. Um, and then on top of that, we are also um, in the process of doing the next uh, New Jersey Dietary Supplement Networking event, probably uh, right before Thanksgiving. So that's going to be coming out pretty soon. So you guys will be seeing some details on that. And then also, Josh, you did mention that we're trying to do some regional events. So um, the details are still working being worked out on regional events, but you'll be seeing some news on that pretty soon also. So, uh, you know, it's getting a lot of buzz. Uh, You know, the first person I reached out to for the event um, basically responded to me and said, I'm so in, I'm missing all my industry friends. Like the little hotbeds of of, um, the industry, I think everybody has tried to hack their way through, like trying to still get some of that uh, face-to-face going on and, and trying to do it as safely as possible. But it's missing because this is, we just got to the time we should have been in Vegas at the Olympia, or now we're coming up towards Supply Side West, which is canceled as well. And it's like all these things where it's like Debbie Downer, I guess, in, in a sense of like, because you're used to like having this be the time when you're at trade shows and conferences and excited. And I was reading recently around um, Jamie Dimon, which is the CEO of, of JP Morgan. He uses a word um, creative combustion, where basically like not being in person has an effect because people aren't necessarily just like jamming about regular stuff. And just sometimes things just happen. We're like, you start an idea, it starts to build, it starts to build, it blows up, it's great, and then you you execute on it. Where then you don't have that on Zoom or you don't have that on you know instant messages or you know Slack or whatever you're using. And I recently I saw another um, bit of statistic because people have been trying to like quantify this or try to figure this out, maybe what this period of time is going to do for like innovations. And they brought this back to I guess the last time like social was kind of shut down, and that was like the prohibition where they were like. 
you couldn't go to the bars, you couldn't go to these, where a lot of people would spend time at. And they said during that time frame of prohibition, patents, I think, were like 15% down during that time because a lot of people would go to the bar, you know, coworkers or something like that. You'd spend time together, you'd spend time with meeting other people, or all of a sudden an idea would come together. You'd create a new business or you'd create a new idea or whatever. And it's kind of the same thing today. I mean, obviously a little bit different, but it's you're still not able to meet on a face-to-face basis, be there in office with your coworkers or just industry people where, you know, a lot of the greatest things that have happened in any industry is really through a lot of these networking things. You meet somebody that you didn't know that has a complementary skill set to you. And then all of a sudden you make the next great company or you make the next great product. And um, I hope that at least a hundred years in advance, like we've been better to like figure out ways to still recreate that or, or kind of change the way we do things. Maybe we won't have that uh, effect on innovation uh, as much as they did during the prohibition, but it still makes me think a lot because I'm like, I do miss a lot of that. A lot of my strategic like whiteboarding sessions and things I do with clients, like you miss that. Now you're trying to hack away at different ways and it's just not as effective as when you have 15 people in a room talking about the most challenging things in their business and you're trying to work through them. Yeah, and I I also think starting uh in you know with a smaller events and then gradually building up um the confidence of people to attend larger events is something that we really need right now because you know it's really hard for uh people that haven't been going to events to automatically go to expo west that has like thousands of people right so we want to start small get that confidence back um for for people to to really attend events um and just you know just like you said being around people is energetic, right? You you build off of them and uh, you you attract different energies by the people in the room. So just being able to have that outlet and um, you know having those those off conversations, right? Like how many times um, you know it's like nine o'clock at night. You're in the Hilton, Anaheim. Uh, you know after um, you know one of the the conference sessions at Expo West, and then you just something awesome happens and you come up with this great idea with, you know, someone else that you just randomly met. So it's, it's, you know, it's those type of experiences that, you know, we need to try to bring back. Totally agree. Well, Diane, I appreciate all the time you gave me and all the information that you've given to my community. Um, I guess I'll leave you with the final word if you have anything left that you'd like to mention. Well, you know, as I I said it before, and I'll say it again, um, you know, this industry is amazing. And, you know, we are really the, um, the lifeblood of our industry. And we need to keep supporting this industry, keep supporting and mentoring the young up and comers in the industry, and just keep making this industry so amazing, and really producing great content and then great products to enhance the overall health of uh, consumers. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you, Diana, for your time. Thank you so much.